Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. All right, welcome to the Gen Z Show, brought to you by Generation Ziggler. I'm your host, James McLam, and I'm brought to you by one of my co-hosts for the day, our, our guest host today, Isaiah Mousy. How you doing, Isaiah? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, James? I'm doing well. How are things up in Minnesota? Things are warm in Minnesota right now, getting all the warmth we can get in before winter hits, which should be in about a week now. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm glad you that, said but... that. I was going to say it's very rarely that you can use the word warm in Minnesota. And saying, <laughs> what is warm for a Minnesotan? Warm right now, it's about 88, 89 degrees, but okay. this morning it was about 99% humidity. So, Okay, that's, that's like North Carolina weather. It's like being in the South. <laughs> uh, I'm really, really excited uh, for the guests that we have on, on the GNC show today. Hmm. It's a gentleman by the name of Kevin Williams. Now, for those of you who do not know Kevin Williams, you may not know him now, but you're never going to be able to forget him after this hmm. interview. Kevin Williams is the musical, currently the musical director uh, for Gaither Music. Uh, that involves the Gaither Vocal Band, the Gaither Homecoming Series. He's an uh, instrumentalist, mainly guitarist, from that lives in Nashville. He's been a part of the, the Christian both contemporary Christian and Southern gospel scene as far as being able to produce music and, and help music for, well, almost three decades now. Mm. Uh, but he also is a Ziegler Legacy Certified Trainer. So he's part of the Ziegler family as well. So there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about today in this show, just a whole lot of stuff uh, mm. that, that, that he is going to share. What did you like the most about what he shared, what he's going to share with us today? The whole show was awesome. I, I absolutely love being part of it. Kevin had so many awesome insights he brought. And in the first half, we kind of dove into kind of personal growth side of things. Kevin shares in his story how from an early age, he knew he was going to be a guitar player. He knew it. And so I thought that was interesting. And, and we dive in and each of us, you know, the, the other guest hosts and, and James, we all dive in and ask him more questions about what did that look like? How did you know it? How did you get that, that bravery to actually follow? Because one of the things I love most about what he said it's how he said, you know, he gave the importance of following what you know you're put here to do. But at the same time, he put in that piece like, hey, it's going to be hard. And here is, here's some of the things you need to know going into that. So I, I love that part of what he shared. Our other guest host for today was Mr. <laughs> Brandon Bumgarner from Oklahoma. Hey how are you doing, Brandon? Doing good, James. Man, really enjoyed the call. What we, uh, Isaiah and I were just chatting about the call that we're about to share with our audience and some of the things, and Isaiah was talking about the first half of the call really drove in personal development. The second half, though, the second half is when we talked about the power of music. Talk, talk to us a little bit about what you gleaned from that portion. Man, I thought it was phenomenal how he just began talking about how music has such a, an effect and a power on people, um, specifically when he talked about how he would go to the nursing home and just the light bulb that would go off. And mm. the people's mind, even though, you know, their, their brain wasn't what it used to be, uh, that effect of music was still enamored in their brain. And that was just awesome to see. Also loved how he talked about how uh, Bill Gaither, how intentional he is with being sensitive to what's going on and how he picks music on the spot. I didn't know it was all um, spontaneous. I thought it was. Wow, yeah, I know. That, that was lift. shocking. Hmm. Yeah, that, that uh, for both of you away. guys being, you know, artists that do concerts and stuff, yeah. I saw both of your eyes that got light up like, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, Everything's just awesome. kind of just like, you don't know where it's going to go. So, hmm. yeah, that yeah. was pretty, that was pretty amazing to, to, to be able to hear from him, both mm -hmm. from a personal development standpoint of how you yeah. can really find their purpose, follow their dreams yeah. and passion to achieve their goals, and also how music can really influence us. This is... Mm. This is going to be a great treat. You listen, audience, you may not have heard of him before. This may not be he, he, what uh, type of music that he works in may not be the genre you're used to listening to. Right. I guarantee you're going to want to look this guy up. You're going to go, on, go to the show notes and find him and, and, and uh, click on the link so you can hear more and see more about what he does. So let's stop our talking, our chatter, and let's go straight to the show with Kevin Williams. I want to welcome Kevin to the program. Kevin, how are you doing? 
I'm great, James. Thanks for having me with you today. Well, I'm really excited uh, to be able to talk with you today. I have been a long-term fan of what you have done uh, musically-wise, uh, especially probably the last decade and a half, mm -hmm. two decades, uh, as, as I've seen more of you in, in videos. Now, these folks probably are too young to the guests that we have with us are too young to view. I actually have them on VHS. I'm on yeah, the original. I, on VHS. I have those as well. Yeah, I've got a collection of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> but many of our younger audience, our Gen Z community, they may not know uh, who you are and, and the things that you've done. How about introducing sure. yourself to us? I'm Kevin Williams. I'm coming to you from Nashville. I've lived here since the late 80s, originally a Kentucky boy. Uh, they used to call us hillbillies and now we are Appalachian Americans. So, um, <laughs> so that's uh, something that I proudly claim. And um, yeah, I've, I've been uh, in music, professional music uh, since the, the late eighties, all growing up. I, 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 I'm an only child. And so I knew I was supposed to play a guitar somehow. And, and, and if you ask me how I know that, I don't have a great answer for you. I just knew it. And I was dragging a guitar around from the time I was in diapers and uh, began to take lessons and learn and played with a lot of the Christian groups in my area, uh, church choirs, anybody would let me play in from the time I was uh, 12 years old on. And then uh, about 10 years later, I, I decided to make that a uh, professional choice and moved to Nashville and uh, began to do song demos and recording sessions and that kind of thing. Uh, began to lead bands, uh, led uh, TV show bands and it just began to progress one thing to another. And so I've done that uh, all of my professional career. My first job, however, was in radio. We had a small town radio station, my hometown, Russell Springs, Kentucky. And uh, so I worked in radio four years. So I was around music and then God took me into music. And uh, that's always been what I've done in one way, shape or form. Uh, and for the last 28 years, I've been the guitarist and the band leader for a group called the Gaithers. Uh, uh, in the 70s, it was known as the Gaither Trio, and then the Gaither Vocal Band, the Gaither Homecoming TV series. I've been musical director on a lot of those shows. So um, basically, Bill and Gloria Gaither have written so many songs that have been popular in Christian music uh, for the last 50 years. And so for 28 of those, uh, I've gotten to to uh, serve the songs and the community in, in some way, uh, whatever way I could weasel into, I kind of did, you know, <laughs> so it's been very good. That's kind of, when you said 28 years, I'm coming up on my 28th uh, wedding anniversary, and we, Ooh. my wife and I, when we started, started following uh, the Gaither Vocal Band, so your career during really? that time is when we started <laughs> Uh, finally, I think I have almost everything they had up until, uh, you know, recording-wise, up until, uh, things became easier to just listen to on Spotify. Sure. <laughs> sure. I understand. That's where we are now for sure. I'm a star on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, you, you mentioned that you very early on knew uh, that, that you were meant to play the guitar and our younger audience, the audience that we have, they may be not, they may be struggling a little bit understanding what their why is, what their purpose sure. is. Um, sure. Uh, really understanding how to follow their dreams, uh, really understanding how to follow their passion. What advice could you give them based on your experiences to help them get to where they want to go? Well, it's a, it's a loaded question. Um, so for me, uh, I, I had a knowing inside me that I was supposed to do that. And, and here again, I can't explain that, but it very rarely can you explain a knowing. A, a knowing uh, is something that sort of defies logic. And, um, so, so I had that. Now it takes guts to sell out to that. And, and so I remember at 17, 18 years old, I, I was uh, really kind of freaked out because I didn't have this clear plan of a college path that uh, I, I thought I was supposed to have by that age. And some have it. Some can see right down the road for a lot of miles. And I was not one of those kids. Uh, my interests were very varied. I, I had skills, I think, that were pretty varied, too. I was good at a lot of things, you know, it seemed like. And so uh, how do you form a career path that's going to encompass the rest of your life 
based on what you know at 18. And it was very hard. Uh, so for me, there's a couple things that come into play there. Uh, one, I'm a born again Christian. And so I, I commit all of those things to God in prayer. My favorite scripture is in Proverbs. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean to your own understanding. Uh, it, it goes on to say that he'll make your path straight if you do that. And that's sort of a promise to us. It's not just some piece of ancient writing, you know. So I really bought into that. And I began to trust what I felt in my, in my spirit, what I felt like was a calling, and pursue that. Um, that is not the easiest thing to do. And you'll question yourself for doing it, especially when things get tough. And, and especially when I moved to Nashville and I was starving in a, in a one bedroom apartment and not making any money and nobody was hiring me. Um, that, you know, you begin to question things, but uh, I think the knowing has to win out and, and you're right when you say the why, Simon Sinek's phrase, the why. Um, that is something you need to find out as, as early as you can in life. And the why is gonna look different at different seasons in your life. But the why will remain true to who you are and who you're called to be. Uh, for me, I, my, my why is to bring hope and encouragement, light and life to people. Now, he gave me a guitar as a tool to do that with in the early years, later gave me a sense of humor to be able to, to uh, kind of convey messages and themes through a humorous uh, uh, way. And, and uh, now I have something more to say, you know, I actually have some words, I feel like, at this season in my life. So God has used different tools uh, to, to make that why come alive in my life. But um, I hope that answers your question. I know that's a roundabout answer, but that's a loaded question, I think. I like when you, you indicated what your why was. I thought that was very pronounced, uh, very intentional, what you said your why is. So let's build on that. How important okay. do you think it is for younger people to, to start to develop a very concrete or, or something that they can actually see as far as their why is? Uh, I, well, I think happiness, it, you know, is built on that. Um, we, we all uh, go through life wanting to be happy. And now as a parent, I have uh, kids who are 19 and 21, and you just want their happiness. But happiness has to be built on something. And so uh, for me, you know, I had a foundation uh, that I learned from Zig Ziglar, you know, to build everything on the word of God, because it's the only thing that won't change. And I take that very seriously. Um, your, your why is built on that, is, is, is built on some sort of foundation and, and becomes part of the very fabric of who you are. So every day's purpose uh, uh, takes on some shade of that, some echo of that. and. Um, do I think it's important to, to figure that out early? Yeah, I do. Uh, to, to some, as I say, it just seems to be there. And, and, and for me, I think it was there and I denied it uh, quite a few times. I would start analyzing. I would say, I would go down the columns. What am I good at? What are my strengths? Uh, what do I da da da? And those are all important. But inside, I knew, James, that I was supposed to uh, bring a smile to somebody's face every day of my life, whether that is through a joke or through playing a song or opening a door for somebody. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew that and sort of covered that over with logic, I think. I think we tend to make it harder than it is sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, would you agree with me on that? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kevin, like to dive in a little further there, like you shared inside, you always knew and maybe sometimes you just weren't, weren't honest yeah. or it was that hard thing to face. And especially when I think for those of us who are born again, and a lot of our listeners are, it seems like Zig tends to attract that type of a crowd. <laughs> so, so, so when you're talking to young people who are followers of Christ and who yeah. have that, that longing, that urge inside that, hey, I know I was put here for more. I know I was put here for a purpose. And yet as they look to culture, culture will say, hey, be realistic, like get a job, get married, have mm -hmm. a family, retire at 65. That's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so, so what advice would you give when they're faced with that choice? Like as you shared, it, it's, there, there came those hard times when you're in Nashville, when you're in that apartment, when you, you know, didn't have jobs, didn't have stuff coming mm -hmm. in. What advice would you give to young people who are facing that decision? So um, I, I, I think here again, we talk a lot about 
thinking in the box and out of the box. You know, we use those terms a lot. Um, I grew up in a, in a beautiful uh, small town America uh, setting. And I was taught um, through well-intentioned, wonderful, loving people, but it was the culture. I was taught to think in the box. Mm -hmm. um, think safety, think security for your life. Um, and, and so I came out, I, I had two years of uh, vocational industrial uh, training in electricity. So I could wire your house. You wouldn't want me to wire your house, but I could do it. <laughs> but but uh, so I, I, and I did have an interest in that. I, that was enjoyable to me. And so my thinking was I'll go on and pass my state license and I'll become an electrical inspector. And, and that would mean some security for me down the road. And so you can follow that line of thinking and there's really nothing wrong with that. Uh, my challenge to anybody listening to this call is, is to embrace that and yet think outside it. Okay, think bigger, badder, bolder. I mean, be who you're called to be, be audacious. And, and so when you start thinking in those terms, and I had read The, the Magic of Thinking Big by Schwartz, you know, and uh, it just challenged the whole way that I saw the world and saw myself. Could I really go out and make an impact on the world? Could I not only make a living playing the guitar, because that was a big part of this, can I make money from a skill I have? And, and trade that for dollars somehow, you know, but can I make an impact on the world doing so? And, and if I am true to what God's given me to do today, will he give me something else? Will my talents increase? You know, like, like that little parable that we read in the Bible. So I found all of that to be true. And it starts with thinking outside that box, um, uh, understanding your why. And then now who am I going to be based on this? What, you know, what, what uh, shade of, purple am I, you know, or whatever. I, I just, um, I, I, I remember I wore my hair a little different than everybody. And it was just because I had funky hair. I, I, you know, it, it wasn't, I wasn't trying to be rebellious, you know, and, uh, and I enjoyed life. And so I went around with a smile on my face and that was unusual to people. I said hello to everybody I met on the street, you know, and, and uh, nowadays, uh, if, if you say hi, that's, they think you've got a motive, you know. But uh, I, I've just always kind of been that way. And I, I would challenge anybody to just toss the in-the-box thinking aside for a day or two and say, who could I be? If I colored outside the lines, who could I really be, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. For sure. Kevin, I think you're giving some good advice there. You know, we're all in this call because of the impact of one man in particular, Zig Ziglar. Um, how has he, you know, shaped your life? What, I mean, what do you remember about him being the, the defining factor that you said, man, that, that's somebody I want to be associated with? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> uh, so um, if, uh, if you're on this call, uh, chances are you know who Zig Ziglar was and what his legacy is. Uh, I am a, uh, what they call a ZLC, a Ziglar Legacy Certified Trainer and Speaker. And I proudly uphold what um, Mr. Ziglar uh, had set forth in books and speeches uh, throughout his whole career. Uh, a lot of character principles and a lot of ways to live life. Uh, here was a guy that uh, found success as a sales trainer, salesman and sales trainer, and then began to say, you know what, that's just a part of life. Let me show you how you can live rich, and full lives, you know. So um, I was working at the radio station that I told you about uh, when I was, by the time I was 17, I was working there uh, part-time in high school. And then uh, after high school, I was, I was working there and I had taken on different jobs. And, and part of those, one of those was uh, selling radio advertising. So uh, I, I knew I could make some extra commission money selling advertising to businesses. And I wanted to know how to do that better. And uh, I had heard an audio called Secrets of Closing the Sale by Zig Ziglar. And, and it was stirring. It was profound. It was a way to sell that I had never heard. It, it involved no pressure. It involved uh, leading someone to a logical conclusion that this product would meet their needs. You know, And, and somebody who was teaching this stuff that obviously had integrity I kind of wasn't used to that, you know. <laughs> so, uh, 
he was going to be in Lexington, Kentucky and uh, at a all day seminar thing. I think my ticket was $25. In fact, uh, this is when I was 19 years old, 18 or 19. And I've got my ticket from that day right there. And um, I'll tell you how much it was. Uh, oh, look at that. It's 25. Yeah. And that was reserved. Wow. So, uh, okay. And this is, what year is this? Um, 1984. Okay. I went to Lexington, Kentucky and saw Mr. Ziegler uh, captivate 2,500 business people uh, sitting there that day in that convention center. And uh, this was a totally secular program. He was, he was giving skills about business and, and uh, you know, and sales all day long. All the speakers were. He was the closing keynote. He came out in a ball of energy, lit that stage up. And I was, I was a little bit taken by that, too. I, I like somebody who's, you know, we all want a, a commanding sort of leader. Somebody that can make decisions as a visionary and can convey uh, uh, and communicate very clearly to us. And he had all of that, man. That was, it was just a profound day in my life. And uh, at, at the end of his talk, he began to say some of the things that I now say about you have to build your life on some sort of foundation. And you can do that uh, with drugs. You can do it with alcohol. You can do it in a relationship. A lot of people do it a lot of different ways. He said, but for me, it's, it's the word of God. It's the only thing that will never change. And, and he began to lay that out step by step. And I tell you, I said, I want to be that when I grow up. I may not look like that. I may not sound like that, but I want to be that. So I, I stood in line and the line wrapped around the building and I got my see you at the top book, James, you probably got one that looks similar to this. And uh, he autographed it inside there with a scripture, uh, which was the scripture about I am the vine and you're the branches. Wow. I, I read that over and over again. And, uh, and I thought I want to be a branch, you know, only a good branch. Well, so, so fast forward from 1984 to, uh, let's see, what year would this have been? 2004, so 20 years later, we had him on our stage in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We had Zig in to speak at an event we, the Gaithers, call Family Fest. And uh, at the we convention had, center there in Gatlinburg? The convention center. And we had about 6,000 people. The building was loaded. And I got to introduce one of my heroes. <laughs> wow. On stage. Wow. And I, I held up my little book and I told, because I believe in uh, giving honor. Honor is a biblical principle. And Zig, if you go to his office, he has a wall of honor mm -hmm. and people that poured into his life. And that's important to me. And if you're on this call today and you see me tearing up, yeah, that probably ain't cool, but it's <laughs> genuine because I'm just another generation of the principles that he laid down. He was another generation of somebody before him. And if you want your life to succeed, and, and, and maybe you're facing something today that's an insurmountable challenge to you. Maybe you don't know how you'll get out of the location you're in or out of the job you're supposed to take on that maybe has been handed to you by your family. Maybe you're trying to shed a label uh, that's been handed to you that says you're not quite smart enough. You're not quite good enough. Um, so, so if you will immerse yourself in these truths and, and I'm just one guy that did this. Okay. But if you will get the truth and immerse yourself in it, you can go anywhere with your life and you'll fully succeed in that. Why? And you'll be the best version of you. You could ever be. Wow. I pulled my headphones out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I started to go to my bookshelf and get the same book to see at the top. I know you've got I know you've got it. Well, I actually have two copies I, and I would have grabbed it. I looked back and I was like, but I don't know which one is which because there's one copy <laughs> that was giving to us like Brandon got and, and you got, you know, when we get right. to the legacy training. Right. But yeah. the other copy, uh, I was a part of the first legacy class and they gave us right. the option to go into their, uh, archives and get a copy of the last wow. books that he signed wow 
So, you know, there were like four or five different choices in there. And I knew we were getting seat at the top, but I wanted one we knew that had his signature in it. So I actually sure. got that. Uh, and then to kind That's of complete cool. the circle, I had Tom, Julie, and Cindy sign it as well. Um, That's as so well. great. We so, would, we, I, th this was such a great memory to me because Zig would show up at our concerts. Um, he, he would buy a ticket. We'd just look <laughs> out in the audience and there would be Zig Ziglar and Julie and Cindy and uh and the redhead and and it, uh you know now tom was much too cool uh to come to <laughs> but but uh the words cool see. and tom ziggler are rarely <laughs> ever used in the he's gonna thank me for that so <laughs> um, but i'll tell you we you know who just buys a ticket who and and he would he, he would just bring his family and enjoy the time with the family and, and uh so it was very meaningful to me to get to introduce him on stage and yeah then as he did the plug for this, so this is kind of funny too. That was a morning, uh, you know, probably 90 minutes, 80 minutes that he did. The night before he did a, a little, you know, seven minute plug of the next day, like you would normally do. And he came up by me and he handed me his watch. And he said, I'm gonna talk for exactly seven minutes. He said, at, at six minutes, you just wave like this and I'll wrap it up. And so uh, I, I did my job really well. This is Zig Ziglar, right? You know, so right. at six minutes, I did that. He wrapped up right on seven minutes, came down with a thunderous ovation, came over to me and collected his watch and said, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> wow. a great moment. Oh. Well, part of our goal at, at Generation Ziglar and the Gen Z show is to bring these principles that he was teaching to a younger, to a new generation. Yes. Uh, what we've realized, and, and Brandon and Isaiah uh, know this as well, is that it seems like what we are teaching a lot of young people today is too complicated. Yeah. That we're trying to add all these fancy layers of how to do leadership. Mm -hmm. and, and there's very few people who are able to simplify things the way that he did. Simon Sinek right. obviously is one, and I would say John right. Gordon, if you know him, yeah. is another one. Yeah. But beyond that, everything else seems to be Let's make it complicated. Let's add all these different layers. And so we wanted to help young people so they could be, do, and have all that, all that God has, uh, has, has entitled them to do. Absolutely. And has really has given them the opportunity to do. Um, I, I believe that uh, as well. We tend to, to really make it what it's not really about sometimes. And, um, and I've done that in my life too. I've, I've tended to overthink um, things in my life. And um, sometimes it, it will help. Uh, we are not a culture prone to solitude. We, we don't take time to get away by ourselves. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm a country boy, you know, so, so to get in the woods or I love kayaking, I love to get on a river somewhere. But uh, to do something like that by yourself and, so that you can let all of that kind of busy thinking get away and, and, and hear the true voice that's inside you that is really wanting to shape your life and take you somewhere. Now, sometimes that just takes old fashioned solitude and it's not comfortable to us. Sometimes it's just not natural. We, we, uh, especially if you're a social person, you just want to do things with people and you want to do things until you are just collapsing in the bed at night. And, uh, sometimes the true direction of your life is just revealed in the really quiet moments. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I've noticed too. It's interesting as you read through the story of Jesus, you see oftentimes it talks about how he went out by himself to pray. Sometimes it's early in the morning, sometimes it's late at night. And it's interesting because I'm part of a small Bible study and we were just going through the book of John. And the one, it's after he feeds the 5,000, does this amazing miracle, and all these people are like, <laughs> hey, we want to make him king. All of a sudden, that's when he disappears and he goes off in the middle by himself. Yeah. And I, I totally agree. I think that's something we've lost as a culture especially as young people where we're so used to any spare moment, yeah. grabbing a device of some sort or flipping a TV on or anything we can do. You're right. Anything we can do to, to, I guess, numb that pain of not knowing exactly what we want to do. And we're just so used to it. It's so easy to do. Mm -hmm. and so I, I, I totally agree. I, I think you're exactly right. And uh, you were named after uh, a great prophet, uh, Isaiah. And of course, Brandon, you were named after the great wise Brandon. So, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I, uh, I, I think you're exactly right. And, and in that one scenario in John there that you're referring to, he, uh, he needed that to, to, to keep things in perspective. 
uh, after we all know in business or in any kind of situation, if, if you have a lot of success really quickly, um, mm -hmm. you're going to need to get that in some perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and for me, it's always been those quiet moments of solitude. It's where I find God speaks to me. Uh, and, and I have to get out of my head and get into my heart. Um, there, that's where the knowing is. The knowing's never in your head. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the other thing I find too is uh, it, it seems to me, you know, we talk about being uncomfortable with being quiet, and that is that is certainly. We even at our church now, we we try to we feel compelled to teach others how to pray, mm -hmm. you know. And so let's start with gratitude, and and all those things are right. But, um, I, boy, I just, I try not to formulize life. I just, mm. I want to live life. I want to experience life. And, and if, if, if you're questioning anything, and I know the age group we're talking to right now, and you're questioning a lot of things, okay, um, then my suggestion is immerse yourself in what is actually true, what you know is true and what will not change. Okay. For me here again, the word of God, but you can, you can take any book of Zig Ziglar's and read the character principles in it. They're dead on. I mean, they are high noon baby. And, and uh, immerse yourself in that and then get away from the noise and see how that speaks to you. I promise you that will direct you in some providential way that you wouldn't have gotten. Otherwise it will lead you down the right path. Wow. Hmm. Kevin, that's so good. Do you know what is the greatest leadership lesson from Zig that you've applied in your life? Is there a quote or a statement or a level of principle that has just impacted you greatly? Yeah, you know that uh, you, we always go back to that. Uh, uh, you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people uh, get what right. they want. And, and so basically that is a Zigism uh, off of sowing and reaping. Um, I, I think uh, you know, the biblical principle is always you're going to reap what you sow. And, and then uh, we have a lot of wonderful religions that call it karma. And, and uh, you, you know, and, and for me, I live under grace and grace Amen. supersedes karma, you know. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. But in any situation in life, you're going to get out of it what you put into it multiplied. So, um, so, so why not? just start out going in the right direction and, and, and plant the seeds where they need to go. If you need to course correct, what is inside you and the voice of God that I understand uh, will speak through you and, and correct you. Uh, but sometimes it takes some action. You got to get going. You get, and, and that's uh, Tom Ziegler's uh, a part of that whole equation is, yeah, you may be born to win, but you got to choose to win. Right. And, and, and I love putting the action with it. Uh, faith is only tested through action. So um, I, I go back to that one zigism every time, uh, Brandon, but, but uh, it's an old tried and true proverb that I've seen yeah. manifest itself in my life too. Awesome. Well, I want to take this in a little bit different direction as we, we've discussed so far about you know, the young people that we have and the, and the way that they can follow their passion. And the, I like the fact that you talked about the, the time of taking some solitude. Uh, before I moved to the other, I wanted to mention the fact, I think this, that might be a positive from our time of being here in this COVID quarantine era, is that Absolutely. we've been forced to slow down and really you know, rely and, and look inside ourselves. Unfortunately for many youth, they are still you know, tied mm -hmm. to their phones so much sure, sure. what is going on. Uh, but it's going forward on that. I've been working with some with some local uh, athletes as they're preparing for what they hope to be an athletic season this year, if they can ever get out of quarantine here in North Carolina. And as they're preparing and they're working out, one of the things that's really distressed me a lot is their playlist, is the music that they listen to. Now, I grew up in a very musical family as well, not quite to the extent of maybe as Isaiah's uh, family of, of – of traveling through, but my mother played the, was the pianist for our small church. My dad wasn't a worship leader. He was the song leader. There's a difference there. The song leader walks <laughs> out and says, turn to get your green yeah. hymnal and turn to page 248 and then leads and then goes and sits back down. You're going so to have what to explain what a hymnal is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's those books that you read music out of when it's that's not right. on a screen. <laughs> 
The very, very first, uh, before I go into this, the very first, this way we think of this, I'm going to tell this story because it's my sure. show and I can do this. Absolutely. The very first time, the, the, I, was at, I was attending a, a, a church. I was fresh out of college and they started singing and they, they weren't using hymnals or anything. And I looked around to see where they were getting the words and I noticed everybody was just had their hands up and they were lifting up I, their eyes up. And I was like, Wow, these are really worshipful people. They're all praising God. So I decided to lift my eyes up to heaven too. And as I lift my eyes up, I caught, oh, there's a screen up there where the words oh, are. No. Oh, no. I love it. I, know. I was like, oh, that okay, well, now funny. I know what to sing. Uh, this is my now first we know time. where to put the words. Yeah, yeah they're up there. I thought they were praising. They were up there. That's beautiful. <laughs> So him, so but I grew up. So music's very important to me, and and one of the things that I know that we as as youth development leaders, we we really want to stress to youth is, hey, we want you to live lives of uh, of being able to put the pure, the power, the positive in you. Um, we want you to stay away from uh, growing up being having racist attitudes, having sexist attitudes. Yet, we tolerate them in our music. Right. That's a good point. And I think there's some naivety there on those who are leading you to think that they can let them listen to these things and then not influence them. So the power of music and influence, I just wanted to see, not oh, really a question, so right. but just open yeah. the door and let you talk. Sure. I, I think you're so right on that. Uh, we give music uh, a pass in a lot of ways because it's art and uh, we, mm. we don't want to interfere with art, you know? Um, and, and I, I just go back to input output. Uh, whatever you continually put in your brain is going to influence the way you think. It's going to form, you know, science shows continual input changes neurological pathways. So uh, it's how we create habits and, yep. uh, and, and therefore habitual thinking, racism, sexism, whatever. Um, so I, I, used to, uh, I used to watch the news a lot because I wanted to just stay current. Now I watch it just enough. Um, and, and it's not the last thing before bed at night either, because I, uh, I got convicted about what I was putting in my brain. It was just, you know, I, I don't want that. I don't want to live that life. Yeah. Um, my music choices are pretty, uh, pretty good now. Now I see my, my teenage daughters, are, they're 19 to 21 now, and, and so their, their tastes are pretty eclectic. Artistically, it's pretty good. But... but uh, uh, there are a couple of pop artists that I really like, and yet the lyrics are, are pretty bad, man. Uh, you mm. know, not, not pr profane, just bad themed. And um, so we've had to have those talks and, and, and say, man, I love the way she sings, but she's got to make some better choices. I mean, come on, this is a real world, you know? And uh, mm -hmm. so are we going to celebrate that? Are we just going to play it because she's got great tones? You know, or are we gonna we're gonna actually talk about what's real and right here? Input. So, um, I, but I do think music gets looked over a lot of times. If we created some sort of sexist statue, it would get torn down immediately. Uh, the racist statues are being torn down as we speak, and yet uh, our music is still reflecting those ideas a lot of the time. Yeah. Brandon, as you've worked with youth, is that something that you've had to encounter as well? Or? Yeah, you know, it seems like we're, we're wanting freedom in so many areas of our lives, especially with youth. We want, you know, we want freedom and we want independence, but it seems like when we allow these influences in, it puts up barriers and walls. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to reach people when those walls are up and they, they come from those influences. So um, that, that's something that I've seen just from working with high school students and it's a challenge. Um, and Kevin, what advice would you give to students that are trying to overcome those challenge of so many influences on their phone, on their laptop, sure. their iPad, friends, anything? Hey, great question again. Uh, well, it, it comes down to it's your choice. Your Correct. life's your choice. And, and uh, I can't choose your life for you. I can give you all the tools and I can give you, you know, uh, uh, James and I are about to, the same class here, so I, uh, we can impart all of the wisdom we have at our age, but uh, it's your choice. Right. And, and you should choose a great, extraordinary life. You should be somebody extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, 
don't choose mundane, don't choose average. And average is what's listening to what we're talking about out mm. there. That's what's normal. Don't choose normal. Be abnormal. Be wild and crazy and above all that, okay? Yes. Um, but choose this stuff for your life and choose what goes in your brain and choose what comes out of your mouth and choose uh, life, choose wholeness, choose, choose happiness. Um, you'll find freedom in that. Uh, even if you just make one choice today, uh, if you're 18 years old and you just make one choice today that is about you and is a positive thing that you're going to do, you'll find opportunities to make two choices tomorrow. It, it will springboard like you've never seen it in your life. Um, but I can't make those choices for you. I can't give you the drive and ambition that you've got to choose to have. Um, yeah. uh, it, I, I think it is, uh, cultural influence has always been there. This is nothing new. It's just a new shade of it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, when I was growing up, even in rural Kentucky, I, I remember what those influences uh, were and mm -hmm. they just look different uh, now. You know, I think it's probably harder uh, now. I do think that, um, yeah. Be, because we didn't have 24-7 uh, news back then. We didn't have the internet. Uh, nothing was instant. Instant coffee wasn't instant back then. Um, <laughs> but, you, you know, it just boiled down to it was my choice. It just yes. was. And uh, mm -hmm. you, you commit your way to the Lord, and he makes uh, it succeed. He ordains your footsteps. And, right. and um, but but I have to commit whatever that is to God. It's my choice. So I just make that really personal with everybody. And uh, yeah. and if you think you're doomed to a life of uh, X Y Z, why should I try? It's never going to make a difference. Why would you know? Uh, I would challenge your thinking on that. <laughs> I think you were were, uh, what is the great Zig quote that I can never remember about being endowed with the seeds of greatness? And, yeah. and uh, uh, I think you were born that way and it is up to you to choose and I'll help you in any way I can. Um, and, and us being there for each other, I think is a positive, uh, like this call and, and James, like what you've been able to do with this wonderful organization, um, empowering the youth in this way. Now we didn't really have that kind of thing when I was growing up and I would have welcomed some sort of uh, thing, you know, any kind, about the only leadership training we had was if you were in ROTC or something like that, you know, you mm -hmm. got something, but, uh, but to have this kind of encouragement, I think is vitally important. Well, my favorite Ziggler quote relates to this and the power of music and is you are what you are and where you are, but what goes into your mind and you can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind, which is wow. why I heart so much with these, with these so gems and, and everyone yes. who is working with these youth, um, the, the, the other coaches that are working with them when they say, Oh, it's not an influence of mine. I says, you're really underestimating the power that music can have to change your mood to, how many of you learned, how many of this, of the four of us learned Bible verses in church through music? Absolutely. Mm. So, yeah. I, I, I did. Huge um, influence. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you still remember those songs. Your brain still goes back to those songs. I have uh, taken a guitar to a nursing home before and, uh, mm. and, and where there were stone looks and frozen stares five minutes later, they are singing the hymns that they remember from their youth. That stuff stays in your brain. Yeah. And um, so I, I see that firsthand. I, wow. I didn't think about. I didn't think about that this might come up. But my wife uh, directed for years a uh, girls ensemble, high school girls ensemble through our church, and we would lead them. She would teach them worship principles, and then, and then uh, uh, we would take them on tour every summer. Uh, to the mountains of North Carolina. And one of the places that we would go to was a home for, for uh, people who were elderly, who had, were experiencing dementia or reduced mental capacity or some mm -hmm. that through their life had those problems. Yeah. And it was amazing to me 
how powerful it was that these people who had to be wheeled in a lot of times and were not paying attention, how their eyes would light up and they would look mm-hmm. up when these girls started singing. I mean, the girls were just beautiful singers anyway, but just to listen to them. And one thing that's yeah. always stuck up in my mind is there was always a section in their concert where the girls would say, okay, we're going to sing some hymns now, please join with us. Mm-hmm. And she said this, the, the girl who was appointed, she said, uh, join us singing the songs. And one lady uh, who, who was experiencing some, some, her faculties were diminished greatly at this time. Mm-hmm. She got up out of her chair, walked to the front and stood with the girls, didn't sing because she couldn't formulate the words, but she wanted to be there. She, wow. she had joined with them because that's what she had told us. She said, join so with us as we sing. And so she got up and sang. And we saw the progression of that lady in that the last time that we went there, she was in such capacity, she could not even uh, sit in a chair upright. They had to bring her in on a bed uh, and she was completely on. But at the same time, she would be moaning and making noises when she would come in. And when they would start singing, her mood and everything would just be calm and influential. How naive it is for us to think that music cannot influence people positively. Mm. It, it totally does. And uh, God's used me in a way uh, I've just been so blessed to be the way of opening the door sometimes uh, mm. with a guitar. I, I will come out, uh, if, you, if you've ever seen our Gaither concerts, I come out about 10 minutes before the thing even starts and I just play some songs on the guitar. I come out with no introduction or anything. And, and, and it's an attempt to just get everybody to come on in, exhale yep. and relax and, you know, uh, and I've always taken that little position upon myself because I love that. I mm. love opening doors. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like that's what I'm doing there is, is just allowing. Um, and, but when, when you start playing something familiar like that, um, I, th- I think for some people it just takes them back nostalgically. But uh, there's something peaceful about it, something relaxing, something soothing, something inviting and welcoming. Mm-hmm. in that and uh a lot of the music i hear today is not inviting and welcoming mm-hmm. you know right. so so i'm not one of these guys going to bash current music i've never been that and and i could i could give you a list of singers i think are phenomenal right now but um but yeah let's check what's going in our brain man uh, yeah. you know put some positive stuff in there and uh and you know what if you can't find anything positive to put in there write something and sing <laughs> Good. You be the person. You be the change. Wow. That's good. Right there. Go ahead, Isaiah. I'd say bouncing off of that, Kevin, because some of the people listening here, obviously this is one side of the coin, what we're consuming, right? So how about on the other side, what we're producing? So obviously working with the vocal band, doing stuff with your own, there are decisions that have to be made of, okay, what are we going to present from stage? What do we feel God is calling us to do? And sometimes those decisions that have to be made, you know, our family has to make it, we're playing music of, okay, this is a good song. Someone's requested it, but it's got X, Y, Z in it. Do we feel this is something we should do from stage? What, what process, what, what, what thoughts go into your guys's presentation from the stage, whether it's the words you're speaking, the songs you're singing, so that you know that what you're putting out there is that content that's going to encourage and uplift and welcome people. Oh, that's in. great. That's a, that's a great question. Um, so, uh, let me set that up. I, I, I will get there. Uh, but uh, for uh, the audience that we're, we're speaking to here, um, I've had a lot of wonderful positive influences in my life. And I get to routinely uphold the legacy of two of those. Now, one of those is Mr. Ziegler. And when I speak and uh, uh, work with youth myself, that kind of thing, um, I'm always quick to point out Mr. Ziegler and how his, what his effect has been on me. Uh, the other legacy I get to uphold is the Gaither legacy, um, which has, has been Bill Gaither, who is now 84 years old and wow. is still out there doing what he uh, loves to do at a high level and, um, and affecting to this day, millions of people. Um, you'd think, well, he's a songwriter. Yeah, you know, he's one of these multi-skilled people as well. He's songwriter, producer, programmer. Uh, uh, you, you know, it, I could put 12 different labels on that guy. Uh, 
but but he has always come down to a foundation. He grew up on a farm in Indiana, and so uh, he formed some very basic uh, structural beliefs that support his life uh, early on, and he's been very true to those throughout his his uh, life. One of those had to do when when he's the creative. Uh, person and he's coming up he and Gloria have written these profound lyrics you know um, <clears throat> let's make sure these lyrics are theologically sound before we start mm -hmm. shouting them off the stage mm -hmm. uh, they may rhyme and sound great and you may be able to get everybody singing these let's make sure I, I remember they had a lyric back in the 70s called I am loved um, it, we talked about this on the pre-call but but mm -hmm. uh, I can risk loving you for the one who knows me best, loves me most. Now take a lyric like that. That's poetic and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Is that scripturally sound? Is that real? Is that going to be real 20 years from now? Is it going to help me on Tuesday? Mm. So those are, are delicate questions that have to be answered. Uh, and I've seen them time and time again reformulate a lyric because they didn't think it directly stated it the way it should have been. Or... Oh. Um, you know, if it was a song that they were evaluating that wasn't one of their songs, they just wouldn't sing it. He says one of his favorite songs to sing, and it's not one of theirs. It's a song written by Andre Crouch years ago called Through It All. Yes. I've learned to trust through it all. Yes. And, and because life is going to throw you a lot of different things. And uh, we've seen everything from uh, viruses to hurricanes to you, you name it, uh, all kinds of rebellion in this uh, last six, seven months. And uh, through it all, what I've learned is trusting. Now that's, that's a fair lyric, that's good. And so um, those kind of judgments are made on a nightly basis by him to, to get to your question, Isaiah. Mm -hmm. um, and, and he is the one calling those shots in our group setting. Mm -hmm. um, now, when it comes to recording, what we're gonna record, a little more of a group uh, decision there but on a nightly basis what we're singing uh, we don't have a set program in 28 years I've never had a set program I would oh, wow. love to have had a set program. <laughs> um, I've never known what we're doing I know the first two or three songs we're probably going to do and from there on out he turns around wow. every song wow for 28 wow. years and tells me what it's going to be and I will uh, I have a little microphone I talk to the band I talk to have another little switch I can talk to the lighting and the technical people, cameras, and then, you know, all that. So I'm sort of a liaison in, in that role. I'm, I'm also playing the guitar, but I'm a technical liaison at that point. Okay. And then um, part of the hats that I wear, you know, in, in all mm -hmm. of this. And then he'll change on a dime. He'll just say, hey, you know what? I was going to do that. Let's do this. And it's all based on what life is giving us in that moment life oh, is giving you the we, we've got about three hours with a crowd there and uh and, and we'll probably never get that back with a lot of those people you know uh i can't tell you the times i've seen somebody at a at a program and they say i'll see you next time and that i haven't seen them again you know because of life so life is giving you this wonderful opportunity right here what are you going to do with that and uh, I got a song I can do in three minutes that'll make you smile, or I got a song that can change your life. Same amount of time. So what are you going to do? And he's evaluating all of that and, and putting that together. That's a tough job, um, not just a producer, but being sensitive to what's going on in the moment. And uh, I have such respect for that. And, and it is a responsibility, as you say, Isaiah, uh, because it, Bill has always used that phrase, what good is it on Tuesday? If we sing it on Saturday or Sunday, am I going to be able to live it on Tuesday? You know, and uh, that's pretty real. I like that. Wow. Wow. Kevin, how can our audience learn more about you? Where can they go and find more about what you are doing? Just come on over to the house. Uh, it's two, four. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I have a website. It's kevinwilliamsmusic.com. So common spelling, kevinwilliamsmusic.com. Um, we are on Facebook. Uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter is one Kevin Williams on both of those. So just find me. Find a guy that looks like me. It's probably me. And uh, then the YouTube channel. Uh, we're always doing video stuff. Um, and that's uh, Kevin Williams TV on YouTube. Um, 
all that stuff's there. And then my email address, if you want to talk to me, I would love to talk to you. If I could help you in any way I could, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd take that on. That'd be wonderful. And it's Kevin at KevinWilliamsMusic.com. Now you had a recording that you just released this summer that this was part of the, the way that I got connected with you. That's for those of you who do not know what that is, that is called a CD. It's a CD. <laughs> Abbreviation of compact awesome. disc. That's right. That's right. Now, we, we uh, uh, do the download on this as well, and we stream this as well. So, But uh, a lot of our older people still love to, to get a CD. This is a patriotic project. Um, I do guitar instrumental uh, projects and, and um, have done... I don't know, 16, 17 of those over the years. And um, uh, we did a, that's a little bluegrass thing we did. And then here's a, so, so Isaiah, I need to send you one of these. Uh, and then be awesome. that, that's a Christmas project. And so I've, I've always done those instrumental guitar things. I just love doing those. I'd wanted to do a patriotic thing for quite some time. Uh, and um, as you said, James, we, we released it right at 4th of July, which is great timing. Perfect. Uh, it's uh it's taken on a life of its own we did god bless america america the beautiful a lot of really standard kind of songs on there i did my guitar arrangement of uh of the national anthem and so um so, some beautiful music on there and uh i thought it would be an encouragement to to anybody that was patriotic you know i just i thought i that's about all i thought about it uh, here again, I committed that to the Lord and, and uh, said, God, you do whatever you need to do with this. And, and if it's done after the 4th of July, it'll just be done, whatever, you know. Um, I think you really have to do that with uh, whatever you have in your life, whatever's entrusted to you. You, you have to let it go to God. So, yeah. it, and um, as a result, we've had uh, numerous veterans that have... Uh, uh, gotten the project and sent us emails back and said, man, I've been encouraged like this. I, I hadn't had this in a long time. Heard the music. That's why I signed up is what one guy said. Um, and uh, we, we've had a few military deployed people uh, respond uh, very, very positively. Uh, it's gone to three countries so far, which I, I didn't dream it would go outside our country. Just a lot of cool things have happened. And uh, we had a couple of guys come forward and say we would love to donate these to veterans if we buy x number we could do have a way to get them in the hands of veterans we have now partnered with reboot uh recovery which is a, a organization nationwide that works with um, veterans who are recovering from combat trauma and they are getting them uh in the hands of veterans everywhere now as we uh, have people that sign on to furnish them so uh, you can email me about that. If, if you know somebody that would like to donate uh, a certain number of these or something, we, we have a way to do that. And, and you can just email me about that and I'll give you all the details. But that, here again, that's been a life beyond what I dreamed for one little project, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and when you truly let go and let God and the greater good happen with your gifts and talents and whatever God's given you, 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 you have to seek a multiplication factor for mm. your life. Uh, your life is just not big enough on its own to do what it's intended to do. Now, that mm. just came out of my mouth, but that's pretty profound. So somebody write that down. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag that and tweet it. <laughs> but, but you get multiplied when all of this stuff is bubbling over inside you and it is designed to serve others. And, and in my wow. case, to serve the Lord and his plan for my life. Now it gets multiplied uh, five times, 10 times, hundred times. And then you become something bigger than you could have ever been on your own. Wow. And, and your life will take a shape that you will be so proud of and you'll live out a legacy. And that's truly legacy life right there. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you for, for the audience, uh, the information to get in touch with Kevin and to find all these things will be in the show notes. We'll give you links there so you Perfect. can have this. Kevin, on behalf of our uh, Generation Ziegler audience and, and all of us in, as part of the uh, Ziegler family, thank you for being our guest. Yes. I mean, this has really thank meant a lot. You. 
Uh, it's really been, been a lot to us. Quite an honor for me. And uh, Brandon and Isaiah, thank you for your comments. And I loved getting to talk to you guys. You're very sharp and uh, love to stay in your lives and what's going on with you. James, thank you for doing what you do with some uh, very important youth. Um, we, uh, we have a little organization called Kevin's Kids in Kentucky there. And we work with um, kids who are economically challenged. The greater part of what we get to do is to instill uh, principles for living in them, mm. ideas and ways to think. And, and, and you've got to shape your paradigm uh, towards success and get outside yourself, figure out how to serve and how to multiply. So uh, I love what you're doing with Gen Z. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your commitment to it. It's wonderful, brother. Yeah. It seemed like it was a natural fit. I mean, for us to call it Generation Ziggler and this absolutely this generation of youth is actually called yeah. Generation Z. It seemed like it was a- Worked out well. It, it, it did uh, work out very well. So uh, to our Generation Ziggler community, uh, download this, share it with your friends, share out the podcast to other folks, and join us again next week as we bring you another show. Thanks, guys. God bless you guys. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.